get to the word. Um, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, of course. That's the teacher in me, but I want you to turn. I try to get you to turn to an Old Testament passage and a New Testament passage. So turn to Numbers chapter 19. Numbers chapter 19. And uh, let's go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 21. Those are two different chapters that were, or scriptures that we're going to be looking at today in the Word. So Numbers chapter 19 and Luke chapter 21. And uh, this is the, uh, the signs of the times is what I've titled this. And if most of you know this as I'm looking out and seeing everybody that's here today. But last October, in October of 2023, for a pastor's appreciation gift, you guys sent us to a prophecy conference that was called the Imminent Return Prophecy Summit. That was in, it actually held it in Norman, Oklahoma this year or last year. Jade and I went to it and um, just it was amazing. We learned a lot, uh, gleaned a lot, but why? And there was lots of different speakers and Bible prophecy teachers. It was really good. And while we were there, if you remember, that's when Israel was attacked while we were there. And one of the things that they talked about in this conference that really hit home with me is um, as a lot of the, and not just one speaker said it, several speakers said it that were there. And they said that pastors, by and large, are not equipping their congregations in Bible prophecy, meaning to know what's going on and what's going on in the world from a biblical worldview. And so it really it got a hold of me because I'm like, no, you know, I might, I might teach something one time a year. And I was like, okay, Lord, I know that it needs to be more often than that. And it's not just doing a series or anything like that. So uh, because we are, there's just things happen rapidly right now, of uh, things that are going on. So I feel like the Holy Spirit told me, he said, Mark, what I want you to do is start taking the last Sunday of every month and teach something on Bible prophecy wherever I'm leading you at during that time. And so that's what I'm going to start doing for this year. Um, till the Lord says not to, and I don't think he's going to say don't, don't stop teaching on Bible prophecy. But um, so at the last Sunday of every month, I'm going to teach something on Bible prophecy so that we can stay up to date on what's going on uh, with the biblical worldview. And so that this, my, my scripture that I like to use is 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32, because I believe even though we won't know as, as the children of God, we're not going to know the day or the hour when the Lord returns, that the rapture of the church, I believe we can know the times and the seasons, right? I think God wants to give us understanding. I don't think he just wants us, you know, that we don't have a clue, um, but we have some kind of an understanding. And so it says in First Chronicles 12, verse 32, that of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So God gave this kind of wisdom back in the Old Testament. He wants to give that same wisdom to us today in the New Testament to have an understanding of the times. But to have an understanding of the times is you've got to have, you've got to have an understanding of the Word of God and the Bible prophecy. And I was thinking, I was telling Jay to this as I was preparing for this message. I told her yesterday, I said, honey, if, I said, I don't, ha I don't understand how somebody can be an unbeliever because Everything in this world revolves around a little bitty nation called Israel. All of our news, everything revolves around. That right there is sign enough that there is a God in heaven. Amen. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And 
Um, so that, so I, you know, and even though I'm going to show you 10 signs, so if you're taking notes, you can write down 10. I'll send these notes to anybody if you want them. But the super, this is not going to be one of my signs that I'm going to tell you right now, but the super sign, the super sign of all super signs is Israel. What's going on in the nation of Israel. That's, that's God's super sign. Now, I'm going to give you, because as a pastor and a teacher, I'm to equip you, and, and I want to equip us so that whenever something happens this year, that you've got an answer. And it's not like, okay, call Pastor Mark, you know, what's going on. There's an eclipse, I'm going to talk about this here in a second, there's an eclipse happening on April the 8th, significant, that's happening this year. So that's a sign of the times. And so when people are asking you about it, you're going to have an answer and be able to show them in the Word of God these things to lead them to Jesus. These, the, this, God's trying to bring in the harvest, and he needs all of our help to do that. I'm going to give you two different uh, websites that I use. Or, and I'm, I shouldn't say websites. These are teachings, uh, Bible prophecy teachers that are very sound. They're not goofy. Okay? Um, they're very sound biblical teachers, and here's the first one, endtimes.com. This is Pastor Jimmy Evans and Pastor Mark Hitchcock that do a lot of teachings. Pastor Jimmy Evans is from Texas. Pastor Mark is from Oklahoma. They do endtimes.com. I encourage you. There's apps you can get. There's, uh, you know, Will's been sending me. It's in our in the bulletin, too, endtimes.com. You can go there, sign up for Tipping Point Prophecy, $7 a month. That's very cheap, and it's just like having the news update with the Word of God right there, what's going on. I subscribe to it, and uh, even this week, Will's been sending me a couple of episodes, and they're, they're all very good, and they keep you up to date what's going on. The other one is Prophecy Watchers, and I encourage you to be a part of that. I'm just telling you where I'm getting this teaching from today because I want you to be able to go to these things and read and study and do all that yourself as well. So endtimes.com and prophecywatchers.com are the two that where I got all this information from. All right, and I, these are not in any particular order, all right? This is not like God's top ten, okay? Even though I'm going to give you 10 signs, there, there could be, I could get up here and share 40 to 50 signs that are going on right now. But I've narrowed it down through these two resources that I shared with you, um, 10 of them, and I'm going to go from 10 down to 1, all right? And so here's number 10. The 10th sign is the 10th sign of the signs of the times is signs in the sun, moon, and stars. God created the sun, moon, and the stars. We're not to worship them. We're not to guide our lives by them, by horoscopes and all that kind of stuff, because who created them was God Almighty. Amen. And so Luke chapter 21, where I told you to turn to, go down to verse 25 and 26. It says, and there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So there it is. That's Jesus talking about the last days in Luke chapter 21, and he tells us there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. There's been earthquakes happening in Oklahoma here recently. 
earthquakes, if you'll just look, go back and study the history of earthquakes, they have been increasing. Romans, the apostle Paul said, this, the, it's, it's the world, it's the earth groaning for the coming of the Lord is what it is. And so it's... Uh, so all this is going on, but there's signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And I'll take you to Joel chapter 2, verses 30 through 31. It says, And I will show you wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. So this year, this year there's going to be, in this year of 2024, you guys can Google this, check me out, okay? But there's going to be five eclipses. Two of them are going to be solar. Three of them are going to be lunar or the moon. And so what lunar eclipses, just so you know a little bit about Bible prophecy, lunar eclipses are omens to the Jewish people. Solar eclipses are omens to the world. And on April the 8th, there is going to be a total solar eclipse from Texas to Maine. It's actually, there's like an X over the United States of America when you look it up. But it's going to be a total solar eclipse that's going to happen on April the 8th. And it's an omen to the world. What is it? I don't know. But it's a sign from God. It's a sign from God. Now, I'm just going to take you just through a little bit of history real quick of this. Of there, any t- oh, there was a pastor, and it was not, uh, some people think it was John Hagee, it was, even though John Hagee wrote a book about it. But there was another pastor that really researched this really an unknown pastor, Pastor Mark, and I can't think of his last name. I just like his first name, by the way. So he, he wrote this book about lunar eclipses, and any time in history where there were four lunar eclipses, and so he, what he found out is he studied astronomy, and he went back. He found, he found out that there was four times in the last 500 years that there were four lunar eclipses that were together, okay, in a, in a matter of a couple of years. And what he found out was that when he did the research and studied the astronomy and then studied the history, he found out that those four lunar eclipses all happened around Jewish holidays. Hmm, there's Bible proof right there, okay? And what, what they call them, a lunar eclipse, is called a blood moon. It's called a blood moon. And so here are the dates that he found out, and I'm going to show you what these dates coincide with in history so the dates he found out were this. This is when the four blood moons happened. 1493 and 1494, 1949 and 1950, 1967 and 1968, and then 2014 and 2015. Now, when I was preparing this, I got to thinking about something, and I told Jay to this. I said, do you remember I taught on this back in 2014, 2015, about the blood moons, and I taught on it. And I'll never forget this because there was something happened that Sunday when I taught on it. Um, and I was just showing in the Bible how this is, you know, the omen to the Jewish people and all these things. And I had somebody, they meant well, they loved Jesus, uh, but they had a teenager here. How many teenagers we got here today? How many teenagers are below? <laughs> yeah, he's a teenager, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, don't lie in church, amen. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm a teenager too, at heart. All right. So, but I had this this mother come up to me afterwards, and she was concerned that I taught on this, and she said, "You scared my teenager." Okay, that bothered me as a pastor because the last thing I want to do is scare anybody. Okay, right? And I'm not here today to scare anybody. 
But here, here, here I am going to say this. But, it, yeah, if this puts the fear of God in you, then amen. And so J- Jude, verse 23, says this. says, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, yes. hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. So I'm doing this in a spirit of love and grace, but the fear of God is here today too. And if the fear, the fear of God, if you, if you go read the book of Proverbs, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. I'm trying to give you wisdom and understanding today, and sometimes it's afraid when you first hear it. You get fear. Well, that's, that's the beginning. You're on the right track. Amen? And this ought to put the fear of God in you. It really should. Because there's a creator that's got this all under control, and you better line up with him. Amen? And so... So I just want you to hear my, the pastor's heart this morning. It, it, it's not to, but if the fear pushes you to the kingdom of God, praise God. Yeah. All right, that's, oh, sorry, okay, I'm going to get off of that. So here's what happens. So as you go back in history and you look, and you're going to learn something that you're not going to, I'm going to teach you something today. You can go Google this, study for yourself, because you didn't learn this in school, what I'm about to tell you. And I just learned this uh, and I'm, I'm 54. I just learned this today. I thought I knew everything about world history and everything about American history. But here's the deal. In 1493 and 1494 was the four blue, uh, blood moons. But 1492 is when, if you remember your 1492, who sailed the ocean blue? It was Christopher Columbus. Okay? And here's something that you didn't learn in your school books that I didn't learn. You didn't learn in this either. C- Christopher Columbus was a Jew. Okay? Now, when you go look this up, they'll say that he was a Marana. Well, Marana was just a, a Jew, and he was, dis- and he was in the, the Catholic Church, okay? But he was a Jew. And if there's tradition that says that there was two Jewish men that actually financed his voyage, and the reason why they financed their voyage was to find a safe haven for Jews because they'd been scattered all over the world at that time. And so if, in, in history, America, thank God, the United States of America has always been a safe haven for Jews. Thank God for that. Now, so that's, that's what happened there. You can Google that, research that out for yourself. All right, then in 1949 and 1950, we know that Israel became a nation in 1948, but they didn't get their government all organized until 1949 and 1950. So there's the sign, the, the lunar the blood moons. 1967 and 1968 were the other four blood moons, and that was when they got the other half of Jerusalem conquered, okay? They got it back. The Jewish people got it back. And then in 2014 and 2015, I had no idea what I was even teaching on then, back then, but I can tell you now, after hindsight being 2020, what was going on in 2014 and 2015 when there was four blood moons was that the the Jewish people were allowed to get back onto the temple, so the activity at the temple mount started then, in 2014 and 2015. So, so in 1493 and 1494, that's when God began to gather the Jewish people, gather them back together. 1949 and 1950 is when the Holy Land came back. Israel became a nation. Then in 1967 and 1968 is when the holy city became, got, they got that back. And then 2014 and 2015 is when they got the holy temple back. Okay, we're, we're right here, guys. And so here's a, so you understand what um, an eclipse looks like. There's your eclipse that you can look at right there, okay? 
And, uh, but that's going to happen on April the 8th uh, this year. And I'm going to show you something that's going to be happening around that, that could happen, I should say, around that time here in just a little bit. All right. So here's number nine. The number nine, so that's number ten. I gotta go, I'm going to have to go faster. See, I, I need to spend about three minutes on each point to make it a 30-minute message, but I spent way too much time on that one. All right, here's number nine. Worldwide unrest and anxiety. That's going on right now. There are, more, there are more suicides, more anxiety, and more depression today than ever before. That's what's going on right now. Luke chapter 21, again, I'm going to read the same scriptures. It says, and there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth, distress of nations and perplexity. That just means perplexity means there's, they don't have no answers for all the things that are going on because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So this, that's, that is worldwide right now, everywhere. The eighth thing is more immorality and violence, immorality, sexual immorality and violence. There's things happening to children today that I never thought would ever happen to children. The sex trafficking and the human trafficking is off the charts. Um, and I encourage you to watch that, that movie that I told you all about. What was that movie? Sound of Freedom. Yeah, watch that movie. That'll, that'll tell you that we need to get involved and be praying. And, uh, guys, it's happening from the top down. Matthew chapter 24, this is another place where Jesus is talking about the last days of the end times. He says, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So we're not setting dates today, okay? I'm just giving you signs of the times. Verse 37 says, for as, we were, for as were the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man. Now, I want to stop right there. There was God delivered Noah, and then the judgment came. We believe here at Harvest Fellowship Church that there's going to be a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. There's you a sign right there that that's when it's going to happen. God delivered Noah before the judgment happened. We're not going to have to go through halfway through the tribulation, and we're not going to have to go through all the tribulation. Amen? And so and another thing I want to say before I get any further in this teaching this morning is we believe the Scripture teaches there is nothing that needs to happen for the rapture to happen. It could happen any moment. It could happen today. It could happen in the next minute. Okay? So there's no sign that needs to happen for that. Everything's already, that's why it's the imminent return of Jesus for the rapture of the church. Okay? So it says in verse 38, For as in the do- those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, business as usual. Okay? There's another sign because if it was after, if, when the tribulation happens, it's not going to be after the tribulation when Jesus comes because it is not going to be business as usual when the tribulation is going on. Okay, until the day when Noah entered the ark and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away, so will the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men, here's the rapture, then two men will be, and I, you can't, this, these next two verses that I'm about to read to you, the next three, you cannot, Jesus explained this in such clear terms. Okay, this is Jesus talking. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. There it is. That's the rapture of the church of believers. Genesis 6, when you go back to Genesis chapter 6, when the flood happened, the Bible tells us everything that was going on. It says, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. 
And God saw the earth, and, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And then the flood came. And guys, it sounds just like today. The same is going on today. There is so much stuff going on today. And I'm going to talk just a few, about a few things here in just a second. Here's number seven, apostasy in the church. Did you know there's people sitting in church today that don't know Jesus? I was talking to Janice this week, and she was telling me about when she, I think, some community close to here, and she was telling me that somebody was, she went, this person went to church every Sunday, and she told Janice, she goes, I don't believe any of it. But she went to church just to be around people, just for fellowship in a social club. But she didn't believe anything that was being taught from the pulpit, didn't believe anything about God, didn't believe anything about Jesus. And that's here in western Oklahoma. So don't think that we're just, we're in the Bible Belt and everybody's saved. I don't, I don't take that for granted on Sunday morning that everybody that comes in here or listens, on, or listens on the radio is saved. That's why I always try to lead them in that prayer at the end. You know, lead them to Jesus. So there's apostasy in the church. In Matthew chapter 24 is when Jesus is teaching about the last days. And then immediately, we, we split it up in chapters, but you have to realize it was all together. Okay? And then in Matthew 25, Jesus tells a parable. And he tells this parable, and I believe he's talking about the church. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 12, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins, the virgins being the church, who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps, the oil being, being the word of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. They didn't, here's the deal, they didn't have the word of God. All right. For our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will, be, there will not be enough for us and for you, go gather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. And afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. And these are people that's been sitting in church their whole life. And he says, I don't know you. Because you don't know my word. You're not abiding by my word. You're not abiding in my word. Um, I don't know you. You haven't been born from the spirit, born again. Um, this is Jesus talking, right? Okay, if Jesus' stats, I'm a stat guy. If his stats are right, he says 10. Five were wise, five were or foolish. That's, that tells me what Jesus is saying in that is half of the church is in apostasy. Half. Half. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't know if I believe that. Oh, okay. So here, here's, we've seen this happen in our own town in western Oklahoma, okay? And I'm just using this one as an example. So far, 7,286 of about 30,000 United Methodist congregations, many in the U.S. South and Midwest Bible Belt, have received approval to disaffiliate from the denomination since 2019, according to an unofficial tally by the United Methodist News Service. Thank God the Methodist Church in this town is one of those 7,286. Thank God for that. Amen? But that's the day that we're living in is people are going to have to stand up to what the Word of God really, truly says, that it is God's Word, that it's the absolute truth. It's not about your truth and my truth. It's about His truth. 
And everybody said, amen. All right, here's number six. This goes right along with it. The Antichrist spirit of deception. A lot of people think it's just outside the church. No, it's inside the church too. So this, this spirit of deception is so strong, and it's a, there, there's all kinds of spirits underneath this Antichrist spirit. One of them is a spirit of lawlessness. Okay, you all remember defund the police? That is ludicrous. But people were wanting that to happen, defund the police. That's a, that's a spirit of lawlessness taking over. We're living in a day and hour that I never would have dreamed that I'd be living in where we don't even know what a boy or a girl is. That's how, that's how deceptive the enemy is. Then that's a spit in the face of your creator, how God created you. Um, there was a, and I'm just telling you some of this deception. There's, there's a whole lot more I could share here, but one of, the, one of the things that has happened in California, and I know most of you know that um, one of the things that I do being bivocational as a pastor is I sell real estate with Moxie Realty, and I've been able to help a lot of uh, people from California move to Oklahoma, and they think like we do, and they, they, they know the Lord, and they want to get away from the stuff that's happening in California, and they're trying to move more into the Midwest. And uh, just, But here recently, one of the things that California passed as a law, as a law, they passed this law that any, any store that sold children's toys had to have a gender-neutral aisle in, in, that, in that store. They passed that as a law in the state of California. And I was thinking about this, and I was like, okay, for that, uh, an adult would have to teach a child you go down that aisle. Yes. Because here's the deal. My, my, I got grandkids. I got a little grandson and a little granddaughter, okay? And nobody, I didn't have to teach them this. Their parents didn't even have to teach them this because it, was in, it came from the DNA from God Almighty, their creator, was in them, that as soon as toys get fall out on the floor, my little granddaughter gravitates to dolls, and my grandson gra- uh, gravitates to Hot Wheels. They, they already know that. But, for, but for, to tell them to go down a gender-neutral aisle, an adult is going to have to teach them to do that. Yeah, that's perversion. That's a, that is just, there's su- that's such an antichrist spirit of deception going on right now. And the Apostle Paul told us about this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 5 through 10. He says, Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know what is restraining him now so that he may be revealed in his time. That This spirit has always been at work, and it's amping up, it's amping up, it's amping up. But it is going to be revealed in a person very soon. Verse 7 says, For the mystery of lawlessness, there's that word lawlessness, is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. That's talking about the church, the Holy Spirit in the church. Now, when we leave, the Holy Spirit's still going to be here because there's still going to be people getting saved, but the church is going to be gone. We're the restraining force. The half that are true, we're the restraining force. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. I love the truth. His truth. His truth. Here's number five. Golly, I got to hurry. Number five, 
No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my time. Number five is the Psalm 83 war, okay? And uh, five and four kind of go together, okay? Psalm 83, verse 4, I'm just going to read one scripture. I encourage you to read Psalms 83, and I encourage you to go read Ezekiel 38 and 39. Because Psalms 83 and Ezekiel 38 and 39 says that there's a war coming. And I'm telling you right now, it looks like, I mean, it's already been happening, but the stage is being set for what the Bible talks about. Psalms 83, verse 4 says, They say, come, let us wipe them out as a nation. Talking about Israel. Okay, that's the Psalm 83 war. These go together. Number four, Gog and Magog war in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And you let me see, you're like, well, we don't have any nations called Gog and Magog. All right, let me. Ezekiel 38 and 39 war is a future conflict in which a coalition of nations believed to be Russia, Turkey, Iran, and possibly Libya and Ethiopia, led by Gog from the land of Magog, which is Russia, will attack the people of Israel. Did you know that stage is being set right now? It is set just like that right now. This Bible prophecy coming to life. This war will culminate with God miraculously intervening and protecting Israel and defeating the invading forces while the rest of the world, including the United States, watches from the sidelines. Israel is here to stay. I'm going to say, I'm going to get a little political here this morning, okay? Um, because you need to know what's going on in our nation, too. Right now, we're, we're t- right now, our nation is talking out of both sides of its mouth. Okay, we, we say that we support Israel, and we have military there to help, but then now the other side, we're supporting Iran. And, and the Biden administration has funneled them billions of dollars of your tax dollars to Iran. Okay, that's why this upcoming election is so very important, that you know who to vote for and go to the poll and vote if you're 18 and older, okay, and get, get in there and vote. because And so when you study this Bible prophecy, you talk about everywhere where there's, there's wars going on and conflicts, the, we, we've had one. You know, the, every, but the only one that hasn't been affected is Iran. Iran is the one that's behind all this stuff. And they're sending out these people to do their dirty work. All right. So I'm, that's my little political stump I'm going to get on this morning. You better vote. And you better vote right this year. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something else as I say that. War is big business amongst governments and nations. Okay. I'm not advocating war or anything like that. But I am advocating that we support Israel and whatever it takes. And not say we support them and then give the enemy billions of dollars at the same time. That's what's going on in our government right now. Just so you know what's going on. Uh, number three is the division of the land of Israel. That's what they're, you're, 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 hearing, um, you're hearing our president say it, our, our administration starting to say it. You're, there's this push right now, and you're hearing it on the news and everything, that there needs to be a two-state solution. Okay? No. If, if you, uh, that's not in the Word of God, I'm going to show you that. That's God's land. That's God's land. It's not a, there's not a two-state solution that's not going to bring the peace. The only one that's going to bring the peace is when the Prince of Peace shows up. All right. So there's no such thing as a two-state solution. I was listening to Pastor Jimmy, and he said a stat that the Palestinian people, and it's, and, it, and it's, even, it's not just the Hamas, but he said 70% of the Palestinian people want to see Israel just go away. That's not a two-state solution. Okay. 
All right, so that's not, that's not going to happen. And according to God's word, in Joel chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, it says, For behold, in those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people and my heritage Israel, because they have scattered them among the nations and looks into this, and they have divided up my land. Israel's being forced. They're telling them, you need to give up Gaza. Israel's not going to give up Gaza, and they, they don't need to. That's God's land, and everybody said, amen. All right, I'm going to get off of that, but you better vote right this year. Amen? I'm telling you guys, it's very important. It matters. It sure does. Here's number two. Third temple preparation is being begun. And like I said back when I started this, in 2014, 2015, hindsight being, 20, being 2020, when I taught on the four blood moons that were going on that time, I had no idea what it was. I just knew it's a sign from God that something's happening. But now looking back, what's, what was going on at that time was the Jewish people were allowed to get up there and start rebuilding the temple. That's when activity began up there with Jewish people. And here's what's going on. The red heifers, the five red heifers that's been sent over to, um, to Israel. Let me just tell you what this is. On September the 15th, 2021, five red heifers from two different ranches in Texas were shipped to Israel. Listen to this. Each heifer cost $100,000. Shipping costs were around 200000 The red heifer is used to cleanse and purify the temple area so it can be rebuilt. Okay, I want you to understand, I'm not talking about, it's not a sacrifice, it's a slaughter of an animal, because in God's word in Numbers chapter 19, I'm going to read that here to you in just a second, is the red heifer, the ashes from the red heifer, and it's sprinkled with water and, and different things, and it's to use to cleanse and purify the temple so it can be rebuilt. Now, this is a sign because, and I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, all right, I'm, uh, I love this stuff. All right, Numbers 19 verse 2 says, this is the statute of the law that the Lord has commanded, tell the people of Israel to bring you a red heifer without defect in which there is no blemish and on which a yoke has never come. All right, I believe in, I believe in the, the start of April, you're going to be hearing a lot of talk about red heifers. You're probably going to see it on the news, and you're probably going to have people that's going to ask you questions about it that don't know Jesus, and you can take them to Numbers chapter 19 and show them where it's in God's Word and that there's something going on, and it's biblical prophecy being fulfilled. In Matthew 24, verse 15, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, so when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, even tells us where it's spoken at, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Jesus even wants us to have understanding so that we can teach others this, so that, they're, so that they're not here, first of all, that they're in the, the, with the rapture of the church. But if they are, if they don't, they don't get off on that first load, that they're going to get out in the second load. Amen? All right, Daniel 9, verse 27. Going to Daniel 9, verse 27. What's Jesus talking about here? This is, okay, before I read this, this is what's going on. This is a sign that we're getting closer because... This third temple has to be rebuilt because the Bible says that the Antichrist is going to set himself up three and a half years into the tribulation. He is going to set himself up as God Almighty in the temple and saying, worship me, I'm your Messiah to the Jewish people. I'm the one you've been waiting on. It wasn't Jesus, it's me. 
So Daniel 9, verse 27 says, And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week, and for half of the week, and for half of the week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. So there is, so the, the temple's been rebuilt, they're gonna start sacrificing. Okay, which is an abomination too. The ultimate sacrifice has already happened, which was Jesus. But this is going to be going on amongst the Jewish people. Then halfway through it, he's going to stop them from doing it because he's going to say, I am the Messiah. I'm your Messiah. He's going to do this in the temple. That's, that's the abomination of desolation that Jesus was talking about. And on the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. So there you go. That's why the third temple, it's not a sign of the rapture. The rapture can happen any moment. But that is a sign that we're getting closer. How close? I don't know. It could, the, the temple, you know, once they do this red heifer deal, they're, they're looking at doing it in the Passover of 2024, which is in April. What else happened in April? The eclipse to the whole world. There's an omen saying, God's saying, wake up, world. Wake up. How, how long is it going to take him to rebuild that temple? I have, no, I have no idea. Somebody said, well, it could take one year, it could take 10, it could take 15. I don't really think it's going to take 15 years. I think we are so close. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not setting dates, but we're close. Because this has got to happen for that temple to be rebuilt, and it's happening. And they're saying, and here's the other thing. I was studying this the other day, is that they took five red heifers. They only need one without blemish, Okay. They, they're saying that one of them has a blemish. Okay, well, they still got four, and they're saying all four of them still look good. And they've got to be two years and one day old for that, for that to happen. So they're there. This is all set, and it's set to happen. They're saying it's going to happen Passover of 2024, which is in April. So we'll see. Okay. But now you guys are equipped to talk to people about it when you start seeing stuff in the news about the red heifer. All right. Some of you didn't even know red heifer was in the Bible, did you? <laughs> Until today. That's, that's, what I, that's why you need ta- taught the Word of God and teaching on Bible prophecy. Here's the number one sign that's going on right now is worldwide anti-Semitism. This is going on everywhere. I was shocked, guys. I really was. Whenever I started hearing what was happening, that the war broke out over in Israel, and then I started hearing over here that we have college campuses where kids are... Or they're for the Palestinians, they're for Hamas, they're, they're against Israel. And I'm like, God, what in the world is going on? This doesn't make any sense. This is, logically, this does not make any sense. Why do people hate the Jewish people so much? And God said, Mark, it's not, a, it's not logic, it's not an ideology, it's demonic. It's a spirit, that is, it is the Antichrist spirit. And, um, and it's, on, it's on a worldwide, worldwide anti-Semitism right now. And I was thinking, and so I began to look up and I saw this scripture where Jesus said in John 15, verse 25, here's the deal I'm going to tell everybody in here. Jesus is a Jew. Okay? They hated me without a cause, is what Jesus said. Zechariah chapter 12 Verses 2 through 3 says, Behold, I'm about to make Jerusalem a cup of staggering to all the surrounding peoples. The siege of Jerusalem will also be against Judah. And on that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will surely hurt themselves, and all the nations of the earth will gather against it. That's happening right now. There's such anti-Semitism going on right now. And guys, we need to be for the Jewish people, for Israel. We've got to support them. 
in prayer, in fasting, in, in giving, in whatever way we can help. So, I taught you all that today to tell you this. Well, what we're supposed to do in light of all this, I want you to have this knowledge and this understanding and this wisdom so that you can talk to other people about it, about Bible prophecy, because you're going to start hearing it in the news, and you're going to be able to, to talk, talk to them about Bible prophecy, and it's going to bring people into the kingdom of God. But what Jesus told us to do in Luke chapter 19, verse 13, he says, what I want you all to do is occupy till I come. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes to occupy, you're going to have to get militant to stand our ground. Amen? That not mean that the church is supposed to be here and we get pushed around from pillar to post. We've got to be militant. We've got to do it in the spirit of love and grace, but we've also got to stand on the truth of God's word. Amen? First Thessalonians 5, verses 9 through 11 says, For God is not destined us for wrath. Okay, you're not, here, Here's what I'm going to tell you all. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to go through the tribulation. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. He's basically telling the Apostle Paul saying, I don't know if it's going to happen when you're awake or when you're asleep, but you're going to live with him if you know him. Therefore, encourage one another. You know what? I just kind of thought about something. I was like, Lord, I just like to be awake when it happens, you know? I mean, it's one thing to be taken when you're, when you're asleep, but let's, let's, I just I want to I be wide awake when it happens. Amen. I was like, See ya. <laughs> you know? All right, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So I'm praying that this word is encouraging. If it brought fear, so be it. That fear needs to lead you to the wisdom of God and lead you to the throne of God. But God also wants you to be encouraged if you're a believer because we're living in the last days and Jesus is coming soon. And then Luke 21, verse 28, it says, Now when these things begin to take place, and they are taking place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And everybody said, Amen. How many of you are ready to go home? I am. But I am going to occupy until he comes. I don't have a bag packed. And waiting around and, you know, I'm not, you know, doing all this stuff. You know, and I'm not living in fear. Living by faith. Going to continue to live by faith. and going to continue to occupy until he comes. But we need to be aware of these things. We need to have understanding of these things. All right, I want everybody to bow your heads in here this morning. And I want to make sure. I'm thinking of the story again that Janice told me this week about the person that sat in church for years and was not a believer. And so I want to make sure that yeah, you've heard the Word of God, you've heard biblical prophecy this morning, um, but the spirit of prophecy is about Jesus, is what Revelation says. And so um, the most important thing in life is you knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the most important thing in life. And the Bible makes it very simple how you do it is that it just says you've got to acknowledge that I am, that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior and I am your Savior and that my word is the truth. And you've got to acknowledge that and believe that and confess that. And the Bible says that in Romans chapter 10, it says, whosoever shall do that and believe that but, but confess with their mouth shall be saved. And so I want to lead you in a prayer that helps you do that. And it's just all those things I just said. This prayer helps you do that and confess that. But you've got to do the believing and you've got to mean this in your heart. You can say it and still not be saved. 
So I believe the Holy Spirit's dealing with some people here today that, hey, you've never done this. I mean, you've come to church a lot. You know, you've heard the word a lot, but you have never made this commitment yourself personally. And today is the day of salvation. So I want to lead you in this prayer. And even those that are saved here this morning, I want you to repeat this prayer with them. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you are the Son of God. And you died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. Please forgive me of my sins and create a clean heart in me. Renew my spirit so I can hear your voice. I accept you as my Savior. You are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If that's the first time you prayed that prayer, your next step or, you know, the first time you've, you meant it or whatever, the, your next step of obedience is following the Lord in water baptism, okay? And we can do that next Sunday. We've got a date scheduled for Easter Sunday that we're going to be baptizing people too. So if you'd like to follow the Lord in water baptism, just get with me. All right, everybody learned something today? Amen. Amen. I want everybody to stand up. And Jada and I are going to speak a blessing over you this morning. So I want you to join hands there with your family member. If you have your family with you, I'm going to speak this blessing over you today. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you, and may the Lord give you his peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in today. May the Lord anoint you to fulfill the divine destiny that God has given to you. May everything that is brought against you be crushed by the protection that God himself shall provide. May you be blessed in your health. May you be blessed in your relationships. May your children and your children's children be blessed because they are the heritage of the righteous. From this day forward, as you submit yourselves to the Christ of the cross, may your lives be filled with joy that is unspeakable and full of glory and with peace that surpasses all understanding. May your home, as the word of God says, be as the days of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Who